gluttony, greed, sloth, lust, pride, envy, wrath. Sounds like my Saturday night, Dave. Hey! <laughs> That's the worst joke ever. Oh Talk about ruining it. Trying to set a mood here. I know. So what, what What was all those words? Those were the seven deadly sins. Oh, wow. Portrayed Damn. in the movie Seven, directed by David Fincher. Our first David Fincher film starring uh, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, and uncredited Kevin Spacey. And Gwyneth Paltrow. Don't forget Gwyneth. And Arlie Murmy? Emery? Yeah, Emery? Emery? Now I don't know. Is it Ermy or Emery? Emery. I don't know. <laughs> Twitter, <laughs> tw- Twitter will, tell, will tell us. But yeah, those are the seven deadly sins. What do you know about the seven deadly sins, Dave? Not all that much. Yeah. Although I, I, there's a few of these. I'm definitely... Yeah. I think all of these. I'm well, I'm, I'm definitely... I can be a glutton. Um, I'm not all that greedy. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely a sloth. Oh, 100%. I lust. I'm not prideful. I am. Uh, envy, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot of envy. Wrath, I'd say no. You know, depending. I, yeah. I can be wrathful. Yeah, like you're like, oh, that son of a bitch. I need to get back at him or... Yeah, but not in general. I yeah. Don't think. yeah, I don't no, think... I think it'd be justifiable. So yeah. Actually, I don't even think it would qualify as wrath. But, it would but just th- be justice. But that's the thing. That's what these seven deadly sins are. are you know, kind of everyday life things that people you know, over in, yeah. you know? So I think that's, that's, that's the point of it. Are you, uh, how, how many, how many times have you seen this movie? Seven? Uh, have you seen it seven times? It's under 10. Did we say we were doing seven, by the way? I think so. Okay. <laughs> no, well, the episode is called seven, so. <laughs> they know what they're getting into. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, I would say at least five, less than 10, so maybe seven, yeah. Really? It actually might be. <laughs> it might be accurate. I, I've seen this, I, I think, only once all the way through. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I've seen this so this is a few times. This is my second time seeing it all the way through. Um, and man, it's a hell of a ride. I'll tell you that much. Um, interesting thing about David Fincher is, uh, I'm sort of looking through his IMDb. Now he did a lot of, he was most or early known for his music videos. Right. Yeah, I was looking at that too. Yeah, a lot of music videos. Is this his first feature length film? I think he did the Alien movie first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alien 3. Right, 1992. And then, because I'm scrolling through, uh, because see, he did a Billy Idol Stuff, Iggy Pop, <laughs> Madonna, yeah, Madonna, all this stuff. So Michael Jackson, Paula Abdul. That. Yep. So he did uh, Alien Three. Then he did uh, Seven. That's 1995, obviously. The Game with Michael Douglas. Have you seen that? I've never seen the Game. Really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Highly uh, recommend yeah, that. Okay. Film. And then obviously Fight Club. Fight Club. Yep. I've seen that. Panic Room with Jodie Foster. Have you seen that? Yep. Good movie. Uh, then he did some more music videos. Now there's Zodiac 2007. I did not get through this movie, and I found it really boring, but I feel like I want to give this one another revisit. Yeah, Jim Carrey, right? No, this no, one is... No, uh, Jake uh, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal, and yeah. I, I think uh, Mark Buffalo. Oh, J- Mark Buffalo. <laughs> Jim Carrey's the number 23 or yeah, something. Yeah, it's bad. Or oh, Robert Downey Jr. as well. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I never I never saw uh, that, uh, Zodiac. That so. was 2007, so maybe that's one we yeah. can force ourselves to do. Now, 2000, the very next year, he's got Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I've actually never seen that movie. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I did see it uh, one time in the theater. Longest movie to ever sit through. Um, I kind of want to give it another, another shot, because we were on uh, The Lion's Den yeah, with Grant, uh, Grant Lyons. Lyons. Yeah, that was his favorite movie of all time. Yep, favorite movie of all time, so I was surprised about that. But yeah, he definitely makes me want to revisit it. Same here, I just haven't done it. <laughs> 
And I, you, you've seen you, and you haven't seen Social Network either, no, right? That's confe- well, pre-confession. I think I think you've confessed oh, that on the show okay. already. Yeah. I haven't because I don't like Eisenberg and I don't like Facebook. I I've, so so I saw this once, like back in 2009, and you know it didn't really do much for me. But I watched it again recently. Yeah, we got to do that movie. Okay. Like it's maybe that's score. one too. Where you, we forced me to do it by doing a show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Make you watch it by saying, "Yep, we're doing an episode on it." Uh, so it's, it's similar feelings with girl with the dragon tattoo i haven't haven't seen that i've never seen that yeah i just don't have any interest in it uh now he started um he kicked off house of cards Mm -hmm. now if you see the pilot house of cards that is a david fincher movie definitely it's in the style musically just the tone all of it that's got his fingerprints all over and speaking of that uh, i don't know if you've seen the netflix series mind hunter I haven't. I want to, though. I, so, I keep hearing good things about it. Same deal there. Yeah. He kicks off at least the first episode, maybe another, and it's the same David Fincher feel, and it just sets the tone for the rest of the yeah. it's, it's been one season. There's a season two coming out. Really good. And in that, it's an FBI. It's the, It sort of tells the genesis of the FBI serial killer unit. Oh, okay. How they started. Yeah. This is, I believe, sometime in the 1970s. Yeah, so it's not, I mean, just, I mean, I'm assuming, but that description is like, yes, I need to watch it. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I definitely want to check that out. Right. Speaking then, of House of Guards, our buddy uh, Dan Franco was in an episode of that. So yeah. So shout out to him. Good job. He, he played Iowa reporter in it. So good well, for him. Good, yeah. <laughs> I wonder what, I'm curious what episode that was now. Is this, it's a chapter 38. So. Okay, so a little bit farther two, down the yeah, line. Now, yeah. I think, I don't know how far you got. I never finished that series. I didn't either. Uh, even after Kevin Spacey, uh, like I, I was in like in the middle of maybe his last season and I never, I never finished it. I don't even think I got that far. Yeah. It was one of those where you, at least Mike. My biggest complaint with that show is that if you lose touch with it, you're just freaking lost. And yeah. You get yourself back into it. I know. It's, it's, not it's it. so tough. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we Plus, got- like, it's politics stuff that I don't understand most, <laughs> mostly. And it's just like, uh. So, yeah, to get to get back into it is tough. That's one where you have to read the subtitles to kind of remind yourself what's going on. Right. Unless you're, like, binge watching it episode after episode. You're right. like, okay, I can follow who this yeah. person is. They're mentioning a name. And there's this deal with this guy and that sort of thing. You know, it's a little bit almost too yeah. complicated for its own good and that was uh mahershal ali before he got huge so two-time oscar winner oh yeah mahershal ali and i just mentioned to you before we started that i finished uh, true, De- true detective season three he's great I, he really is like such a great actor the yeah just just even his like his facial expressions like and everything like that like his eye acting i guess you would call it like his just the way he looks yeah. and like looks around just like it's amazing there's this one scene where he's fighting with his wife and i could not relate to this more where she's just kind of pushing him and pushing him and pushing him and he's kind of been distant and withholding a little bit and she's sort of like what are you going to do what are you going to do and he's like I'm going to cry yeah and it's like that's like uh, how I would feel like I'm not going to I'm not going to punch you right you're yeah. my wife I got nothing else to do if you keep insulting me and making me feel like crap that's what I'm gonna do, but the way he did it, it he right. doesn't like he doesn't do big movements. Like you said, it's more like with the eyes, yeah, and the subtle, facial expressions, yeah. the body language, yeah. that sort of thing. He played a great old man, didn't he? <laughs> he really did, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, that's a tangent. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to move on here. 2014, we had Gone Girl. Really liked that. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, now I'm into Mindhunter. So he actually directed six episodes. So, uh, ah. yeah, so you can get that. Now there was World War Z two. I think that just got canceled. 
Did it? I, I, it keeps going back. Like it, I, I hear it gets canceled and it's like coming back. I, I have no idea what's going on with that. Okay, now IMDb lists it as in development, but I thought yeah. that uh, it's either got pushed off or something. I don't know what what the problem with making that movie is. Cause yeah. I thought the first one was quite good. Yeah, but. Anyway, well, I don't know. Who knows about World War Z Part Two? But anyway, we're here talking. Uh, well, I think talking David Fincher. Yeah, David Fincher, absolutely. Again, the first time we're doing him. Uh, again, I would I would love to do Fight Club at some point as well. Um, but yeah, Br- Br- Brad Pitt. I was uh, texting you about this. He 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 surprised. I don't know why, but he always surprises me. Like I, I always forget. Yeah. Of uh, what what an actual he's actually a great actor like I, I forget about that for some reason and it's it definitely shows obviously in this movie it does although I will say just to push back a little I think he's still kind of finding his chops in yeah. this movie where yeah. he's a little bit more demonstrative and dramatic than he necessarily needs to be but right. it's never really bad right it, it's yeah. almost like you're you're watching a really good actor find his legs right definitely you know, sort of thing i feel like as the movie went on even like and yeah. you know i don't know what what scenes they filmed first and everything but it seems like as the movie went on he got better and better well that's sort of the evolution of his character right because yeah. in the beginning he sort of walks in like he's got things kind of figured out he's almost right. like a teenager yeah you know in that sense yeah and he's like i gotta do this i gotta do that and he realizes that morgan morgan freeman is just ah. freaking fantastic right? <laughs> he is but he's like, you gotta slow the hell down here. Right, yeah. Kicks him out of the scene. The first right, scene yeah. they shot, the the gluttony scene. Mm-hmm. He's like, get out of here. Yeah. Because you're gonna disturb the crime scene. You can't just bluster your way in here. And yeah. Start he's very. Comments. He's very gung ho. Yeah. You know. And yeah. He, yeah. He's like talking about like a something about a guy who got stabbed in the back, but turns out he did it himself. And Morgan Freeman's just like. Can you shut up? <laughs> can, can you please just shut up? You're talking um, still, but but you 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 notice right away. Like it almost seems like he's supposed to be like this cocky um, uh, detective. You know, he's young and everything, thinks he knows everything. But I never got that from him, and I think that was intentional. It was almost like Morgan Freeman saw him as that, but that's not who he was. Like he he actually I think wanted to show that. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. Like I spent five years in homicide here. Like I wasn't a. He said. I think he said like a you know guarding a Taco Bell or anything like that. Yeah, but he had to prove himself not by his by citing his past experience. He had to prove himself by kind of putting in the work about right, being yeah. a, speaking of true detective it, by yeah. being that guy by this by learning by yeah. you know finding out everything you need to find out about a case. Spending that because Morgan Freeman goes to the library. But Brad Pitt kind of puts in the same amount of work. He does. It surprises Morgan Freeman. Yeah, because he he like quotes like one of the books they read, and yeah, he's like Dante's oh, Inferno. Yeah, Dante. Or, yeah. yeah, something like the comedy. Uh, yeah, I forget what the book's called. That's about Dante's Inferno. But yeah, um, yeah, he, he like surprises him that he actually read that book. And I, I will say uh, when. Uh, Brad Pitt's getting irritated at Dante. He's like, Dante, you, you know, he's like getting so irritated at it. It's kind of how I felt too when I was like trying to research like Dante's Inferno and stuff. It's just like the poetry and stuff. Like it's so hard to understand yeah. and like grasp. And it's just like, oh my God, like this is just, <laughs> I can't, I can't get through it. So you like, I totally understood what he was feeling in that moment when he was getting mad at that. But yeah, like you said, uh, he had to like kind of prove himself to Morgan Freeman in a almost intellectual, intellectual way and not, you know, through his resume, you know? Right. And what makes it interesting for the, to watch a character go through this sort of thing is that they're chasing a guy who was 
almost planting or giving them clues. Right. On purpose. Like, right. To, all right, here's where the next one's going to be. You here's know? What he, he's like, he's a preacher, which I think they sort of said right. at the end, and you know, in a sense, where you're, you're telling your story. You're, he, you know, he wants the cops to learn about this, to understand where he's right. sort of coming from. Which makes it you know really intriguing because watching a character go through something to catch another really kind of compelling, interesting character like what kind of a monster is behind all of this. Now, there's something else I wanted to mention before we get too far is that this movie. I don't know that there's another movie that does this. It opens. It sort of has a cold open to Morgan Freeman like in his apartment going on this case and all that sort of thing, and then after a few minutes after we meet. Morgan Freeman and then Brad Pitt on this murder, it goes into what almost feels like a television opening. Yeah, like uh, yeah, like the how credits, it's like the credits like, of an opening. Yeah, how that would be every yeah. week. Like you see that little opening. Yeah, it's, this really it's very catchy, interesting. Creepy music behind it yeah. as well. You know, see a guy like doing different things, like yeah. cutting newspaper or, or not, not even that, but like I don't know, doing weird stuff. Yeah, I uh, just thought that was really cool. It totally sets right. the mood and just a really inventive way of doing it. Yeah, but definitely, it, it, totally David Fincher style. Yeah, but do you it, know of another feature film that does that? I can't. Think of I mean. Mission Impossible series, maybe a little hmm. bit. You know, they do that, but it's different every oh, yeah. movie. But oh, but, so it's almost a play on Mission Impossible, James yeah, Bond, that yeah. kind of thing, but done in its own freaky, creepy style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, that's really cool. What came to mind when you asked that? So yeah. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but yeah, that definitely. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah. This is can't believe this is ninety five. This came out. This is t- almost twenty five years old. Looks great. <laughs> definitely doesn't it, look that old as age. Yeah. very well i mean other than that, there is some plot device with technology here because they they go to the library a lot right yeah and uh i don't know if that bothered you or not that was one of the few things that showed its age but. yeah it showed its age didn't bother me but yeah it showed its age but it's, a, it's like you know if a movie is made now and it takes place in 95 they're gonna go to a library you know yeah. it's like a period piece you know because that's sort of what they think that they're gonna catch the killer because right. he's a library although i guess even then you didn't necessarily have to have a library card right you just go to a bookstore and buy the book yeah yeah that's true too yeah he didn't yeah yeah what what made them think that yeah he he checked them out of a a library so (laughs) it's more just a hole in the movie yeah exactly right (laughs) exactly but anyway um but (laughs) we digress um but uh like i said about how you know uh brad pitt surprising me with his acting again morgan freeman is just a freaking genius as an actor um it just doesn't get much better than this yeah right i mean i mean you know you could say he's better in other things but this is he's at the top of his game in this film it's uh I got a lot of uh, true detective vibes from this movie, and also got a little bit of old country, uh, no country for old men. When yeah. you know how you know um, Morgan Freeman saying like how bad it's getting, like a guy like got mugged, and then the guy stabbed him in the eyes, and like he's oh, just like I don't story. know, I don't know how I can go on with this, and then like his major Lee R. Emery, Ermy, whatever his name is, he says like it's always been like this. Like yeah. it's you know, and that's kind of like how No Country for Old Men was. He said you know it's always been this way. You know, it's that story it, chilled me a bit because uh, he's saying a guy's out walking his dog, which I do a lot. 
Yeah. Uh, at all hours of the night, sometimes <laughs> I'm out walking my dog. Right. You know, yeah. I go out. I got to take her out, and you know, for some, he's like, it gets you know attacked, and after everything is taken, he just needlessly stabbed in the eyes. Right. And it made me think that I maybe I should carry a knife with me. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Get a I gun mean, or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a sketchy part of town, Dave. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite of the. That's why I can walk my dog <laughs> yes. in the morning. <laughs> Not give exactly. a shit. <laughs> exactly. Stumbling around after a night out. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but still, you'd think about that, right? You yeah. Know, that could be No, me, definitely, right? yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's he's kind of, you know, uh, Somerset, you know, he's set to retire. You know, he's kind of fed up with the city, fed up with everything, kind of, you know, uh, annoyed with this cocky detective that's coming in. Yeah. Mills is, uh, Brad Pitt is, as Mills. Um, One guy's moving out of a job, and another guy's moving into the job, and they get stuck on this beginning of, which is Somerset, played by, yeah, that's Morgan Freeman. Yep. There's this murder, and he knows off the bat this is something different. Yeah. This is the gluttony one with a guy in this dingy apartment with his face full of spaghetti. None of this looks right. Yeah, definitely. And Got uh, his legs barbed wired together. There's a vomit bucket. Right. Just absolutely disgusting. Interesting thing about Morgan Freeman here is he's so good because he's very serious, but he lets off little bits of humor now and then that, are, right. that genuinely crack you up. I think because the movie is so tense. Yeah, you, you know? got to have those little, yeah. yeah. His little laughs, little comments. Uh-huh. He's so great at delivering them. Oh, absolutely. He yeah, just he's, gives a little, yeah. a little look and a comment, you know? But... Uh, so after the uh, the gluttony, you know, we get the greed thing where the guy like cuts off part of his fat or whatever, and you know that that represents greed. It's the lawyer. Um, now this is where I will push back a little bit about Brad, about Brad Pitt is uh-huh. that he's disturbing crime scenes. Now the, the in gluttony, he's grabbing the bucket. He's just kind of all over the place. In the greed thing, it's this big time lawyer, defense lawyer, who the cops are naturally not going to like. He goes and just sits in his chair. Well, you know, he's dead on the floor, but they're. You don't just go sit, right? Right, yeah. He yeah. thinks he kind of has things figured out. I, right. So I think... Well, he, he as uh, Morgan Freeman brings out, you know, he's he's putting too much emotion into it, you know, rather than logic or anything like that. He says, uh, you need to divorce yourself from emotion, you know, and that's kind of what, uh, you know leads him you know and that's kind of plays into the ending as well you know it's so i think yeah he's he's using emotion the whole time so yeah that definitely is his flaw you know as a character i'm so glad you brought that up right now because this is something that i noticed i think in this movie for the very first time even though i have seen it possibly for my seventh time is that brad pitt is it mills yeah he's getting warnings throughout the entire film right this is like when you read like a he's like a tragic character and he's on a path and nothing's gonna he has like a flaw, which is his maybe we'll just call it his emotions. Right. Uh, he is a tragic character. He is he, he he is going to a downfall that he cannot control his emotions and he's being warned constantly yep. to keep them in check, pay attention, don't just, you know, slow down, analyze, use your brain a little bit. And he never really stops. Yeah, and that's his like his ultimate downfall. And that's that's kind of where uh, you know uh, they. Ha- I love the talk in the bar they have where um, Somerset, you know, says you know apathy. You know, I, I don't I don't agree. You know that apathy should be a virtue. You know, yeah. uh, You know, he, he talks about that, like saying like because Somerset's given up on the world right right? yeah like he's just he's just had it you know um and and, uh you know he he uh 
Actually, I have the quote here. I just don't think I can continue to live in a place that embraces and nurtures apathy as if it was a virtue. And then David Mills kind of, you know, he, you know, challenges that. He says, you're no different. You're no better. And he says, I I didn't say I was different or better. I'm not. Hell, I sympathize. I sympathize completely. Apathy is a solution. I mean, it's easier to lose yourself in drugs than it is to cope with life. It's easier to steal what you want than it is to earn. It's easier to beat a child than to raise it. Hell, love costs. It takes effort and work. And that, like you said, it hints he's being hinted towards you know this whole movie warned against what his eventual downfall will be is his emotion his his lack of apathy you know (laughs) they kind of have like two different worldviews very much i mean somerset's a retiring cop he's seen almost everything until this killer the john doe killer yeah and brad pitt sort of has a more optimistic view on life Right, yeah. And as we learn with Somerset's talking to uh, Tracy, which is Brad Pitt's wife, she she's pregnant and talks to him because she doesn't know what to do, how to approach it. Right, yeah. And we learn from Somerset that his he was married, had his wife got pregnant, and he encouraged her to get rid of the baby because he didn't want her to be brought up into this world. Right. Which reminds me of First Reformed, by the way. So this yeah. was more like yeah. a climate exactly. issue. Exactly, yeah, yeah, Same yeah. idea there. Now, Brad Pitt, I think he he never finds out. Well, he finds out far too late. Right. But that she's pregnant, yeah. He wants a child. Like, despite the sickness in the world, he still wants to bring life into it. Right. You know, he, was still, yeah. he still wants to fight. Right, definitely. Like the world he, is worth fighting for, right? Right, yeah. That's kind absolutely. of the, the message. Uh, but And that's what, yeah, the, the line at the end, you yeah. know, Somerset says, you know, the world is a fine place and worth fighting for, which is our Ernest Hemingway quote and he says i agree with the second part it's worth fighting for so, so he's still he changes too a little bit in the end yeah absolutely yeah he, he's, he's cynical in the beginning yeah. yeah he he, he realizes it is realizes it is worth fighting for he just doesn't believe it's a fine place he knows it's garbage it's yeah. filth it's you know but you can't make it you can't make it better unless you fight right you can't you know you don't just give up in a way i don't know where you you, there's there's no escape right Right. the world is the world so exactly yeah i mean it's uh like you said you you can't embrace apathy as a virtue and doesn't make me better than you that i think you can embrace it i'm guilty of it too but you know i you, you gotta care somewhat you gotta be willing to fight even you know, like you said, it takes effort. Love costs. It takes effort and work. So, now Mills um, goes a little. A lot of good quotes in this yeah. movie. Have you, have you, do you know anything about Dante's Inferno or Paradise Lost or any of that I don't stuff? Know about okay, any of it. yeah, I, I started reading a long time. Like someone mentioned to me about Paradise Lost before, um, and obviously I've heard of Dante's Inferno. I, I wanted to do a little more research on it for the show, but. It, it seems intriguing, um, you know. Obviously, it touches on the seven deadly sins and everything like that. Um, that's oh, is fine. it called the Divine Comedy? I think. Divine Comedy, yeah, that's what Dante's Inferno is. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, again, a lot of a lot of a lot of great co- quotes in this movie, and I like how he finds that note in the behind the fridge that says, uh, "Long is the way and hard that out of hell leads up to light." 
which was yeah behind the fridge and that's what's from uh paradise lost um which morgan freeman draws the, the draws the conclusion that he's not done like there's there's more to come uh because hell leads up to light um because he knows something's missing he right. goes back to that scene days later right to find that one clue behind the fridge mm-hmm. really interesting uh one scene i want to mention which i think might be the I might call it the most important scene in the movie, at least for the viewer, and to just add to general quality, is the dinner scene. Brad Pitt gets a phone call. It's his wife. She's not calling for him. She's calling for Somerset. (laughs) Right, yeah. And I love this little interaction. He's like, you know, Morgan Freeman's like, I'm coming for dinner. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me? He doesn't really want him coming over. Right, right? yeah. Because this guy hates me, and he's coming over to my house. I don't understand. My (laughs) wife invited him? Yeah. And then they just they have this great humor at the table about the because they they bought this place that's above or below a, a or above the subway right, that shakes yeah. every ten minutes or yeah. something like that. They have that great <laughs> natural laugh, maybe the first tension breaker of the film. Yeah, definitely. And here we get a real friendship building. Definitely, and, yeah, and really bonding between the three of them. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, because then after that they you know dive into the case at his house, and he's like, yeah, you want to you know I'm gonna get another beer, and I'll take wine, and you know they're yeah they're they get trust yeah they're really working on this case together. It's working together, right? I'm trying to get out. Yeah, because Morgan Freeman he doesn't really know what to do here. First, his first reaction was, uh, well, just get me off the case, right? Mm -hmm. But but then don't give it to him because he's not ready, right? You know, yeah, and yeah, Brad Pitt's like, what, what are you talking about? What the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, doesn't want this as his last case. He's seven days from retirement. They keep bringing up seven. You know, obviously, yeah. it's a recurring theme in the in the movie. Right, seven days. They show yeah. the days of the week as they go by. But uh, as I said uh, about the quotes, there's a lot of good quotes. Um, uh, one of them was, uh, "You regret your sins, but not because of God. It's because you have a gun to your head." Um, well, that's, that's what he, he's talking yeah. about attrition, um, and that's I think in the same conversation of them talking about Dante's Inferno because he, yeah he's talking about how there's seven virtues and then there's seven deadly sins, but the first virtue is pride, but his first crime was gluttony and talking about it that. was out of order, yeah, yeah. out of order, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, I don't know, for some reason that intrigued me. You regret your sins, but not because of God, you know, you, you regret doing this bad thing, but it has nothing to do with, you know, a, a higher power or anything like that. It's because I'm about to lose my life because I did this, you know, I have a gun to my head. I guess the, maybe the Saw movies were kind of inspired by this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Kind of cheap. Yeah. Not that they're any good anyways. <laughs> oh, the first one was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. The third, the first one is watchable and, and although I tried to make the argument that he He's not actually a murderer, which I thought was stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that one. But just the idea, I mean, yeah. you know, he's it's the same thing here. John Doe is giving them, presenting them with a choice. In some, well, not in all. Does he? Pre- yeah, case. That, that's what I was wondering. That was uh, the one well, in Pride. The uh, the second one, yeah, yeah, the one in Pride. Obviously, the choice. He you know glued pills to her hand and then a phone, like call nine one one, get saved and be disfigured your whole life, or take the pills and kill yourself so you're not you know. Don't have to maybe live that was being... the only choice. Or no, Wrath, no, Wrath would have been a choice. Wrath was a choice. Oh yeah, yeah. Wrath was definitely a choice. And uh, greed, I think, was a choice because he, you know, had to cut a piece of himself. Yeah, off a pound of, of flesh. Yeah, a pound of flesh <laughs> off of himself. Like Jesus. I love that scene too. I think it's right around here where they find 
the thing behind the the painting. The painting, and yeah, then, with the I, fingerprints. I don't know if it's here or not, but it's when when Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman are sort of in a room looking off to the side, and Brad Pitt turns sort of to Morgan Freeman and says, "Honestly, have you ever seen anything like this?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As, it's just no. yeah, no, I have not. That, that's like that, that resonates with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, have you ever seen anything like this? Like at one, you know, detective asking another seasoned detective. You know, he's in his sixties, and yeah. Somerset's probably seen everything right by now. Definitely, right? yeah. And not this. Yeah, this is something totally different. So yeah, someone's sending a message. We find fingerprints uh, in the Greed House behind the painting, and that leads us to the sloth guy we want to talk about this yeah, scene and we can't not right I no mean, yeah we have to jesus christ yeah now this is this is a bit of misdirection yeah because they think that they caught the guy yeah because they got this... the prince off yeah they're like okay it's him right they go in with swat into this apartment and jesus christ the just yeah. the guy's laying there yeah. I, I mean that it's, still uh, freaks me yeah out. he's decaying He's got no arm. He's, he's got bed dead. sores. Yeah. There's air fresheners hanging all over. Yeah, you think he's absolutely dead. And then he starts coughing and yeah. oh, yelling good or whatever. God. Ugh. And then the and then the doctor who's like his brain's mush. Yeah. He's just hung off. And then he says, and now he's, he still has hell to look forward to because yeah. he's like a child molester and, you know, has done other things too. So he's already a bad person. Um, so, yeah, it's just, oh, that scene is just, that'll that'll haunt you. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it's just. That was good, over a good, period good. of weeks, months? No, it was a whole year. Oh, he he said, yeah, right, they said, year, yeah, they yeah. showed like the Polaroid pictures and yeah, it was exactly a year since he's been laying in that bed. That's <laughs> like, like the worst torture possible, yeah, right? Absolutely. Just he's like, I've never him. Yeah, oh yeah, he says like I've never you know, he this man's been through as much pain and agony as anyone's ever been through, and he's still has hell to look forward to. Like <laughs> damn. <laughs> uh, lust. I mean, that one's is oh, lost is ooh, nearly as bad. And oh my god, yeah, a guy having a strap-on knife, basically. It's confusing and scary all at once because they go into this sort of dimly lit room. We don't really see the girl; she's on the bed, and right? He's yeah. sitting on the on a chair with like a robe on, just yelling, "Get it off of me! Yeah, get it off of me!" Freaky guy. Yeah, and we they, they actually what it was that, yeah. we wanted to, that he wanted off of him. Ugh. They uh they actually do a, Fincher does a lot of that where he's you know uh sh- not shows but he you know he makes you imagine yeah. something yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. makes you imagine what's happening he doesn't show the girl's nose cut off he doesn't show the girl who was you know <laughs> mutilated with that thing yeah I guess in some way it's not nearly as brutal a movie as it could be yeah it's brutal to the mind I yeah. think yeah it's like it's more of you thinking about you know what these people went through I think the most brutal part is the sloth part where visually anyways is where the guy wakes up and even just that like, yeah, it just looks startling. like an animated corpse yeah right? yeah I mean that I don't even that wasn't even a real yeah, person, it was just like though. a zombie yeah, yeah. um but uh, but yeah, that and was, was a, what, what just call it knife dildo. <laughs> yeah, there we go, knife dildo. That is and just he made her. Oof. He made him assault the woman. Yeah. with it, with a gun to his head. Like, that is uh, yeah. that guy's screwed for life. Yeah, absolutely. He just wanted to find get a hooker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, into this. I started thinking about like in real life if that happened, like w- would he get charged, do you think? Like w- like w- w- you know, oh, maybe with solicitation, nothing more than that cuz I don't think. Now, yeah. so who's the lust for? Is it for both of them? Well, it's whoever he 
is the dead person. So. But it feels like it, it was damage to the guy too. I mean, he's gonna be his. He's gonna be messed up. For yeah, the rest I of guess his he's life. punishing him for the lust, lust he has. Yeah, and then because when damage. Kevin Spacey's in the car at the end, he calls her like a disease spreading whore. Yeah. So that's you know what her so problem is. Yeah. Mostly her, but also to him. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, the lust is screwed up. Um, and this is actually before we get that whole chase gun scene with him and, and, you know, John Doe and, and Brad Pitt. That was great. Yeah. And John Doe had the upper hand and could have shot him, but didn't. Um, he had plans for him. (laughs) Yeah. He had plans for him. Exactly. Um, and then we have pride. Yep. Pride, which yeah, again was the, yeah, yeah, glued, glued the phone to her hand and glued pills to her hand. Now this one didn't bother me as much. That didn't bother you, you said? No, because uh, I, I don't know. That was the one where I'm like, come on, you gotta, you'd really rather die? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cut off your I, nose to, I almost, to spite your face, yeah, as they said. Yeah, yeah. Chinatown reference. And oh, yeah, that's I, right. I almost feel like I could. I didn't, uh, that, well, I'll just say that was my least sympathetic yeah. killing. Yeah, definitely. Because that one was entirely under her control and not in a. a I mean, you don't want to lose your nose, but, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, you definitely don't. You don't, but, yeah. but you don't. You're you not gonna. You're die. gonna kill yourself now, over I, a lost nose. I can like see an get... argument for an arm or a leg. Right. Yeah. I can, or you know, both legs. That kind of thing. I can get that. Like, say you're a soldier and you get your legs blown off. Right. Like, if you say you want to die, it's like, all right, I don't. I, I can't get mad at you there. <laughs> but it's just a nose. I yeah. mean, she literally valued her appearance that much, where she just wanted. She preferred to die. Right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's uh That's pure pride. Pure pride. Yeah. Yeah. So that one is good, kind of a cut. Yeah, good on you, girl. Yeah. <laughs> Open and shut case. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um so yeah, then we yeah, we get that whole chase sequence with uh, with Brad Pitt and everything. Um and uh you do you we notice too that uh it's, Kevin Spacey, John Doe was actually the photographer that yeah. like was coming up and like having like <laughs> New York voice and everything changes his voice. Another piece of evidence here for this hothead tragic figure. Not only does he mess with him, but he gives him his own name. Yeah. It's literally he I mean he is responsible for his own downfall. Right. If he didn't rough up that report, well not the reporter, we learned it was John Doe. And if he didn't give him his name, he would have never tracked him down and found out, you know, the stuff that he did. Right, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, his yeah. emotions get the better of him every time. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's just that that is that is him. And that's, I guess, does John Doe see that? And that's why he spares him? Like, I can see that you're a wrathful person. Like, does he read him? Like, how does he know that... He's going to take his wrath out on him. Well, I guess also Mills kind of gives himself away by saying who he is to him and saying, yeah, Yeah. it's Mills. It's M-I-L-S. Exactly. He spells it out for him. Exactly. He's literally writing his his own wife's death. Right. Yeah, exactly. Now, so let's just get into the last two, I guess, right? Yeah. Now, Envy, that's the sin of John Doe. That's interesting. Very interesting. He's his his own sinner. Right is gonna get almost punished for his sin. This is this is kind of complicated and yeah. kind of interesting. So he's saying. So John Doe is saying. Not only am I the one to, you know, uh, show what these sins are and then execute the death. I'm. I am also a sinner. Right. And I also 
I'm undeserving of life. Right. He sets it up in a way where he gets punished for his sin, and then you know the one. That- but but he becomes. But he uses Gwyneth Paltrow as the symbol for envy. Right. And he uses himself as the symbol of wrath, you know, because Brad Pitt will obviously live now. Yeah, so he's envious of Brad Pitt and Gwyneth Paltrow, their relationship. They have real love. They're starting a family. They're creating life. And John Doe, that's not him. He's a guy who lives in a dingy apartment who kills people and cuts off his own fingertips. Right, yeah. Right? And he, he's a, it's interesting because he's very aware of who he is. And aware of who he's not. And right. That makes yeah. him envious. He still wants to be Brad Pitt like, you know, the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you're absolutely, absolutely right. But yeah, just the way it comes about is just so well-crafted, well-acted, well-directed by David Detective! Fincher. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> love that part. So yeah, he 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 surrenders himself to the detectives. Um, this is right after Somerset is saying, you know, uh, you know, I'd like to stay on a few more days, like because he he wants to see this through. You know, I mean, well, you you can't blame him. He was supposed to retire basically the next day, but he wants to stay on a few more days and see this through. And I think at this point, there's also feeling like they're hitting dead ends, right? Right. Yeah. They're not progressing on the case, or there's no more killing, and they don't know why. Right. They're yeah. About to really find out here. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, uh, John Doe comes in all bloodied up to attack him, as you said, and uh, yeah, gets uh, you know calmly just lays to the floor and says, "I'd like to speak to my lawyer." Like uh, Kevin Spacey's just so great at everyone is freaked out at this, right? Because he's bloody, he's got bloody hands. Yeah, and the guy's like handcuffing him. He's like, "What the hell is this?" Like it's so disgusting. Um, but yeah, and then he's like, uh, you know, in the interrogation room with his lawyer and he's steep in the tea, like, so like creepily, like, oh, the guy's a freak, such a freak. Um, so this makes me think of something that I haven't mentioned yet, but I definitely wanted to mention is that the entire movie is dark, grimy, greasy, dirty, dingy. Yep. I don't know how many more you know adjectives I can use to describe the way this movie looks. Uh, but it's also raining right. all the time. Raining all the time. Yep. Even uh, I, I, I actually I was wa- as I was watching this, this, there's some things I noticed more. Now I don't have confirmation on this, but I, I don't think where they were filming was actually raining. Like when they're driving in the car, I feel like they're, there's someone's like holding a hose. Yeah, probably on the car because yeah. yeah. I felt like it was like sort of daylight, but yeah. also raining. But anyway, that's 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 not the point. Every scene, day or night, up until this scene, there's rain. Right. And then John Doe comes, and the rain clears. Right. And the setting changes. And they went go from, you know, dark urban rain to something very different, which yeah. is out in the desert. Yeah, desert, bright, sunny. Sun. Yeah. And I, I don't really have an answer for what this, other than to show a contrast, or that he right. was bringing the rain or in some way. Yeah, I don't know, I was curious was bringing, what your thoughts were on this. I mean, it's definitely, there's definitely some symbolism there. I mean, it seems intentional, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, this was him shining light on the world like this is him yeah. trying like because how he said like what i've what i've done like it'll last forever was he like, like hidden and now he's out 
Yeah, like now he's shining. He's bright. He's yeah. he's exposed. We didn't now. know what it was, and yeah. now we know what it is. Right now we know what it is, and yeah, now yeah. it's sunshine. But it's it like clarity, right? For, yeah, for like the characters and the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, it's it's got to be deliberate, right? Y- yes. Yeah, I would assume so. Yeah, the whole the whole so. <laughs> yeah the whole the whole movie. Yeah, it's just so grim and everything. And yeah, this totally different setting. It's sunny. It's you know we dry we, bright. First time we've seen the sun in the whole movie. You know. Um, the other thing, I feel like everything smells. Yeah. In this movie. <laughs> and yeah, the smell was much nicer at this point. <laughs> right. It's like yeah. I, I I get the sense of like mildew. Yeah. For the first two two hours or whatever, but it is. on the car ride over, oh, you know, to them is that you know him and Mills kind of going back and forth. You know, Mills saying, "Oh, so you killed innocent people," and then you kind of get an idea of where John Doe is coming from. He says, "Innocent is that supposed to be funny?" Yeah, you know, it's uh, well, we're all guilty, including himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, including himself. Um, you know, he goes on about, you know, the, the obese man and then, uh, you know, the lawyer who, you know, puts a yeah. rapist back on the street who he ended up being the sloth guy. Nets, you know, yeah. you, of course, you're going to hate the, def- the you know, the high-profile defense right. lawyer. Yeah, exactly. They're so. trying to, like, out-debate him, and they really can't. You know, no, you know, they can't. You know, yeah, you, they can't get the upper hand on him he psychologically. Still gets under skin, and yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, talk, so yeah, he basically brings up everybody that in why he chose them. You know, and how we, you know, we tolerate it. He says. You know, he's uh, he says we see a deadly sin on every street corner and every yeah. home, and we tolerate it. We tolerate it because it's common, it's trivial. We tolerate it morning, noon, and night. <laughs> yeah. Well, not anymore. I'm setting the example. What I've done is going to be puzzled over and studied and followed forever. Love it. Now, the the, the mm. hard part for me is it's starting to scratch me where I itch <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, because like, like what Travis Bickle, but you yeah. know this has obviously gone wrong. Yeah, you know, I mean he's know. he's I obviously like... going about it the wrong way. Like, <laughs> yes, <It's> misunderstood. Yeah. <laughs> a little misunderstood. <laughs> exactly. So it's because, just like because well, we both like the vigilante, right? And absolutely. We both like yeah. the man who's going to try to fix a broken world, but this right. is this is a whole other level. Yeah, this is sick. Yeah. You know, this is this is absolutely sick. But yeah. <laughs> But, he's sicker but, than the but, world, but he's he he has a point because when yeah David Mills says you kill innocent people <laughs> and John does he says like innocent like what do you mean innocent again yeah exactly under the law maybe but not yeah. like in reality right yeah so, so and then uh, what does he say about some uh, the the pride girl. Um, uh, drug dealer, drug dealing uh, pederast, ex- actually. Uh, let's not forget the disease spreading whore. Yeah, um, don't forget that. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I think the the most obvious one, at least to me, is the lawyer, where he's using the law to do bad. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most clear cut case. Yeah, every thing that comes out of his mouth is a lie. Right. And- now that may be your job, and we yeah. all kind of we all sort of accept that those that you know that exists in the world. But you know the guy who gets off OJ, that's not a good guy. You're right. And I, well, even the guy, you know, his own lawyer is saying like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to represent my client. He wants right. to drive out with you. you the know. same guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, because yeah, that that was the deal, right? He surrenders on the condition that only we go out, and I'm going to show you where the other bodies were. Right. Yeah. Well, 
And then, uh, so yeah, they, they have to go out to this place at a certain time at seven o'clock. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's a delivery coming. So Morgan Freeman goes out to drive to intercept the delivery guy. Yeah, this isolated area. They're, they're, they're they're wearing wires. How about this hot, hot water chest shaving scene? I thought that was a little weird. Yeah. Well, one thing I have about that is, yeah, the hot water chest shaving scene. (laughs) Interesting. Um, interesting way to uh, phrase it. What else would you call it? Uh, it's it's true, but at the very end of that scene, Brad Pitt was about to say something to Morgan Freeman, and then he says, "Forget it." What do you think he was going to say? That's a great question, and I I thought the same thing, and I yeah I don't, okay I don't have an answer yeah like did I, he fe- did he feel like they were being played because he was sort of, like maybe he didn't want to admit he was scared or yeah. admit that. He felt something was off, but was still yeah. going to go through it. Because they're like, they're very much tempted. Yeah. They can't resist the bait. Mm-hmm. Right? They can't just say, screw you, yeah, we maybe, have you now. Maybe he was going to ask, like, are you sure this is a good idea? Right. Or, like, they didn't want to talk each other out of it, maybe. Maybe. You know? Yeah, so, that could be it. I yeah. wanted to go back. I was, I was wondering about that. Also, another question before we go a little bit further is, when he's describing the stories, telling about, they're talking about, have you ever taken your gun out? You know, in the in the in the field, and like Brad Pitt says, how he did one time, and then like one of his partners got killed or something, or, or someone he worked with got killed, and he's kept saying like, "What was his name? What was his name?" Like he he couldn't think of his name. Like he said it like several times. Like yeah. I I was curious, like if you had a thought on that. Um, it, it definitely struck me. The only thing I could think of at the time was he was so like. You for well, you literally forget, but it's more about like he's so emotional he forgets the details. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you know, that's his. Character. Yeah, because that, that's what they keep playing on is his emotion. Yeah. Like he's again he Morgan loses Freeman. track of what was made. Not that that wasn't important, but <laughs> right. like you know, Bobby. Maybe he was you know there was something else. And right. All he remembers is just like the action. Yeah, the actual like, action of it. Okay. Yeah, I can accept that. I don't know. No, I mean that's yeah, that's 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 a good thing. So yeah, I mean that's that's and then the the, the shaky apartment. I have a question too. Do you think there there's symbolism there with with the subway shaky? Or do you well, think it could just be hey, all the stuff's about to come crumbling down? Yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah. a good question. Okay. I mean, I, I think maybe that's just it. Yeah, the, the, everything was built on a facade or yeah. something that is not steady. You know, even though they had, you know, even John Doe was envious, but it was. Touch and go there. They're kind of not having a great time. He's working a lot of hours. Right. She's kind of frustrated. She's she's pregnant. She doesn't know what to do with the baby. Just like all of us, you know, when you look at someone and you think they're perfect and they're really not. Yeah. I mean, he literally lives in a just, shaky house. Just, yeah, just like the real estate agent who would show him yeah. the apartment only for five minutes. Right. And then bring him out. So, yeah. thought it was great. It's kind of like, you know, the Instagrams and the Facebooks. Like, we, yes. we, we see everybody's highlight reel. We see everyone's good part of their life. We don't see the shaky yeah. apartment. You know? So the envy is really it's it's it is a sin because it's your own perception and it's not of reality. Right. So uh, thank you for <laughs> bringing that up because I didn't really think it tied into that, but it does. I mean, he yeah. literally lives in a shaky house. Right. He's not all that great. There's I mean, nothing to be envious of here. So yeah, that's why it's the even yeah. greater sin that you're envious of that. But then he's Brad Pitt and she's Gwyneth Paltrow, but it's not like they're necessarily happy. They're right. really struggling. Yeah. So great. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm here for to ask the, <laughs> ask the questions. Glad you're here. So we get to we get to the end where uh, yeah uh, uh, Morgan Freeman you know intercepts this box he opens it 
And uh, I was reading something, of, I guess there's a commentary where Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, and David Fincher, I kind of want to watch it with the commentary. Um, they talk about it, and Morgan Freeman was saying, like, I had no idea how to act. <laughs> like, I've never seen a he- severed head. I've never seen a severed head in a box. I had no idea how to act, <laughs> you know, in that moment. What I get from um, him here is this sense of just total dread. Right, yeah. All of it. Because he, I think he kind of realizes what's happening. No, like, no, oh no, my no, god, no, no, no. yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, so it's... It's not even just for himself or it's for his friend, it's for his partner, it's for right, the yeah. situation, it's for life. Like, this is bad, 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 right. bad. You know, I, I could feel like his desperation... Yeah, it's so I think he acted it great. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it was in, it just an interesting thought. Like he's like, I, I don't know how to act. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. how do I act when a severed? I find a severed head in the box. You know, uh, but so yeah, that yeah, was that was funny. pretty interesting. But uh, but yeah, you cannot deny how great an actor this man is. <laughs> Again, I'm kind of going through more quotes here, and I just I, there's so many good quotes. Uh, there was one. Um, I just stopped second. I know because I was getting a full page where he says like you know if a UFO when they're getting ready and shaving their chest and stuff is like if a UFO flies out of this guy's head don't be surprised like he's like (laughs) basically saying like prepare for anything and then um, the the one scene where he says something about you know he's not the devil like don't expect the devil don't expect the devil himself he's just a man and that's even scarier in a way that you know this is a man. So any man is actually capable of this, whereas the yeah. devil is like something that supernatural. Yeah, is just like as evil as they come. But this is a man, God, so like I you can't know. help but go back to True Detective. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was getting that sort of is the end of. I was getting a lot of True Detective vibes yeah. in this. Yeah, because can, you built, you know, the, you're trying to make sense of a terrible world, and you're right. like, why did this bad thing happen? There must be some really bad sinister thing going on and right. sometimes it's just a guy one guy does something bad and some people cover it up or you know something like that right, like yeah the truth is some is, is somehow not as bad as you quite right. imagine yeah i know it's you know not well, good well again it's a it, the, what really reminded me of true detective again was you know at the end when he says you know ernest hemming's hemingway once wrote the world is a fine place and worth fighting for yeah. it and then he says i agree on the second part I went back and watched True Detective season one after season three just because yeah. I wanted to watch it again. And it kind of ends on that similar tone. It's, uh, you know, uh, Willie Her- Woody Harrelson's telling him to look up at the stars and, and everything like that. And he's saying, like, you know, the stars represent the light. He says, Woody Harrelson's like, you know, it looks like the dark's winning, you know, yeah. you know, because... Or it looks like you know the dark has the you know upper hand because it's more covered in dark than than light, but then uh, Matthew McConaughey says, "Well, I look at it this way, you know, it, it all s- started with dark. So if you ask me, the light's winning. Yeah, you know. So I it's like, like it has that optimism at the like like a dark optimism at the end, you know, in which I kind of feel like that's how this ends. Yeah, so I, the, when, the two competing." Right, yeah, exactly. The, the, the two different uh, outlooks on life, right. Mills versus Somerset. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, bo- yeah, Somerset definitely, you know, develops in this movie. So Even in the end, even after the tragedy he just witnessed, he's, he's still in, he still changes his mind that it is worth fighting for. Yeah. 
as we said about the the lust guy, you think he would just get you know uh, solicitation charges? <laughs> I mean, what do you think about Brad Pitt? I think this is at minimum. I mean, it's not first degree murder. It's not murder. It's at least manslaughter or justifiable homicide. Or is that a thing? Yeah, I think so. Really yeah. interesting. Well, I never knew that. I learned something new every day. It's not in cold blood, that's for sure. So first of all, let's talk about real quick. Uh, yeah. It, it's he, a crime, though. You he he finds in the box, and then you see uh, Morgan Freeman running towards him, put the gun down, because he knows what what John Doe is going after. Yeah. You know, because he yelling, knows that, yeah, down. put your gun down and everything. The and helicopters then, are trying to, f- like, circle around, go land. Yep. It's, like, sort of in and out of communication because of the interference <laughs> of the high wires. Yep. Really tense. Yeah, very tense. Um, and then, yeah, John... John, John Doe has the upper hand, he yeah, says. Yeah, absolutely. He has the upper hand. And then uh, <laughs> he said, uh, I visited your home this morning after you'd left. I tried to play husband. I tried to taste the life of a simple man it didn't work what? out so i took a souvenir her, her pretty head like then brad pitt's just like well, I don't know, what are you what are you talking about what's in the box that's the famous what's in the box line and he mentions that because brad pitt didn't know she was pregnant yeah yeah reveals that he says as she well. begged for her life and the the life of her unborn child and then like that's when morgan freeman slaps him and says shut up you know um so yeah, it's well, what's kind of interesting is that Brad Pitt doesn't blow his head off immediately. He does think yeah, about Yeah, he's about you think he's about to do it and then he like stops for a second and And like, then he just can't. Yeah, can't hold it in. Cuz he probably he's like, "No, it's wrong. I'm going to stop. I'm going to pull back and think." And then he did think about it. And there is he couldn't go back mm-hmm. to being who he was. He right. couldn't just let this guy Right. He, it was you a, took everything from him. It was a conscious decision. Yeah, to kill him. Would you have done the same thing? I think so. I think it's morally right. And then he shut. He, he fires a lot of bullets. Into, he empties the clip. I think. My thing is, uh, I, better I, I not see no say moral it. problem. No, what no me. Uh, no, I don't see a moral problem. I just, I feel like he's not going to know he's dead. Like that's what I th- always think about in those situations. Like it's like, why don't I put him through more suffering? Is, oh, or like is that just my sick, versus... sick mind? Yeah, a little bit. Well, what, are you, what are you gonna do? It's, it's a little bit your sick mind, yes, Ben. <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna, gonna yeah. drag him back to? Yeah, the I know. Yeah, but yeah, I guess that kind of takes you down to his level. So it's like just end him quickly and. No, John Doe gets what he wants. Yep. Here he got what he wanted to get another man to act to complete. Now seven. I guess. David Fincher originally wanted, and I guess they pre-screened this movie. When he shoots him, it cuts to black right away, um, and just silence. That would have been fine, yeah. Because really, at the end, it's just like we'll take care of him, and he goes off into a cop car. Yeah, and then you get, but you get that Ernest Hemingway thing. Oh, that's true. So I I like that touch, but at the same time, oh, sorry, what about that voiceover just over black? That would have been just fine too. Yeah, I think I would have liked that too. And I guess in the one of the scripts, one of the drafts of the scripts, Somerset actually shoots him, like to like save Brad Pitt from shooting him. So he shoots him himself instead oh, of. Oh, I like that. I know. I kind of like. I thought like that's Somerset or, stepping up and being like, "No, I'm going to take the fall for him." And so the difference there would be that would be wrath, right? That would be almost like. Uh, well, as a, the word uh, I used earlier is justice. Justice, yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that, in, like that, in that in that scenario, better. yeah, John Doe wouldn't have won. 
it doesn't complete the seven. Yeah, but there's still a bittersweetness to it because, you know, we like Morgan Freeman's character, but he's going to have repercussions for doing that. But oh, wow, I like that. Yeah. So that's how you win. Yeah. Because here John Doe wins. Yeah. Right. We don't we I'm assuming Brad Pitt's going to jail. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's in the back of the cop car when. Well, he's going to get around. They'll say we'll take care of him. Blah blah blah. But I don't. There's no. I mean, he literally. I mean, he killed him. Unless you can get a jury to acquit you based on circumstances, which is possible. Yeah, that's true. Um, But I really like that idea. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, that's how you break the seven and not let him win. But at the same time, you know, kind of disrupts the theme of the movie. You know, uh, especially when Morgan Freeman says, you know, this isn't going to have a happy ending. Yeah. You know, and then Brad would even be happy. Yeah, I know. But Brad Pitt, you know, says like, you know, even if we catch him, I'll be happy. But little does you know, you know, I I know. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of, you know, either way. Yeah. Well, I certainly love the way this one ends. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's, (laughs) uh, you know, the bad guy wins, essentially. You know, even though the bad guy gets his head blown off, he still wins. Yeah. (laughs) He is his masterpiece, as he calls it, is, is is finished so this uh, film is i think itself almost a masterpiece yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, are you ready to give a rating i am a hundred percent ready to give a rating so I'll, why don't you go for it okay uh <laughs> fantastic film i give this four stars and three and a half buckets of popcorn yeah i'm uh right there with you i got uh four as well and three buckets love it absolutely yep. great this yeah. is just a Freaking great movie. So it's glad we did it. Number 20 on IMDb, I think. IMDb 250. Where is it on the uh, Blockbuster Mentality Top 50? I don't think it's on there. Oh, it's got to be, no? No, it's not. Oh, that's Yeah, because again, this is only the second time I've seen it all the way through. Oh, well, so that's a Ben problem. Well, well yeah. Wow. But uh, yeah, cool. no, a fantastic movie. Let and I, I want to research more about the Dante's Inferno yeah. and the Paradise Lost Maybe and we'll everything. Maybe we do a reading on, on a show. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter one, Dante climbs up the... <laughs> so, yeah. It sounds really... That, that story sounds really creepy. Yeah. So does uh, the stuff by John Milton. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's seven. First David Fincher movie. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Follow us at Blockbuster Cast. Let us know what you thought of seven. And, uh, yeah, all that jazz. You can follow me at Dave underscore Quiz. Where uh, can they find you, Ben? Oh, my goodness. I Thank you so much for asking. I am at BC Cord. And uh, well, we'll go ahead and uh, maybe can we end the show, please? we're going to end the show. Yeah, yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and end it uh, because we'll you guys are done listening. Thing. iTunes, Spotify, everything. Yeah. Follow us. Subscribe. All right, folks. Well, that is it for us. For Davo, I'm Ben. And as always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys. Have a